0: Qualified, He qualifies the called. As a video, you went through these just with me. You saw that Moses theological thinkers think that had a really hard time communicating with people because he had probably a stuttering or a speech impediment. Listen, if you're in our connect groups, uh, um, we're talking about uh, the exodus out uh, with the Jewish people from Egypt. Listen, if you think that this was a small group of people, uh, like a couple hundred, you're absolutely wrong. There's over a million, maybe over two million Jews, yet they paid attention to Moses even though he had that thing about him. He also got drunk. David committed murder and adultery. Yet God calls him a man after his own heart. So I ask you a question this morning before we dive into the the last chapter of James. We finally made it. Some of you have talked to me and you said, Man... This has been four four little chapters, but good golly, there's a lot of punches in there. Yeah, there is. Let me ask you a question. I want to be very, very specific with you. I want you to pay very close attention this morning and I'll have you out of here before two. So just, I'm just kidding. Those of you that are visiting with us, do not get up and leave, okay? I want to ask you a question. I want it to be very, very particular in your life. I want you to pay attention. What's your excuse for not doing what God wants you to do? Not out loud. Don't elbow your mate. Don't text your mate. You need to be in this sermon. Don't do that. Okay, listen to me. We get so comfortable, don't we? Sometimes it's easy for us to say, you know what, God? We're good. If you have not encountered a connect group at at Connection, okay, we meet the weeks of August 6th, 13th, and 20th in August. We're still going through. Uh, You're going to see stories like, um, let's see, the golden calf, the Ten Commandments, um, all kinds of different stories of God's faithfulness, God's mercy to the Israelites. Uh, God wants to absolutely annihilate them from planet earth. Yet Moses has favor with God when he prays. God listens to him and doesn't kill the Jewish people. You see, we get... We like to look at Old Testament stories and we look at at, at, at the Jewish people, for instance. And we say, man, <laughs> we're on the outside looking in. You know, we look at, we can read our Bibles and we can go to Exodus and, and Genesis and we can look at it and go, man, these guys are idiots. Will you learn? Listen, we walk around in 2017 and we don't see a pillar of cloud and fire and smoke and get to follow the presence of God anywhere, do we? If you do, call me. I want to see this, all right? These people literally could see God's presence in front of them, yet it takes them, now watch this. After God. Gets them out of... Destroys Pharaoh's army, the parting of the Red Sea. It's less than 30 verses in Scripture and the people are complaining that they're thirsty and hungry again. Are you kidding me? 30 verses! Less than! I think it's 24. And we sit back on our little pedestals in comfortable 2017 America and we sit and we look and we can judge the snot out of these people. But the problem is These people got comfortable, these people felt entitled, I'm glad that's not a case in 2017, America, insert sarcasm here. We're going to be in James, chapter 5, we made it to the last chapter. For those of you that are just joining us this morning, my name is Matt, I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, we hope that you feel like family, Uh, we are relaxed, we are laid back, enjoy coffee, popcorn, the bathrooms are out there to the right, through the lobby, um... If you have children with us and they're in Kids Rock and in preschool and Baby Gap, listen, it's a safe place. Everybody back there is background checked. Everybody back there is teaching your young ones the Word of God. Isn't that exciting? It is. It is because you should be around some of these kids that come out of Kids Rock. Hey, Dad! Lydia and Emma, my girls, will come up. Guess what we learned today? Usually that I mean that conversation could go on for hours, but I have to kind of limit it to maybe thirty or forty seconds. If you know my kids, I want to encourage you something. James is a, James is a short book. It's five chapters long. We're almost done with it. Next week we're going to finish the last half of chapter five. This morning we're going to go through the first half. Um, maybe maybe you. Maybe you got out of the habit of reading God's Word every day. This is what I want to challenge you to do. For the next two weeks, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take 5, 6, 10, one verse at a time. And during your quiet time, maybe you have it on your phone at work, maybe you get a break at work. I want you to scroll through the first four or five verses of chapter one. Keep going through it, and in a couple weeks, hopefully you have enough time, you can read five chapters of James. Go back over it miss out on this study that we, we took listen we took 10 weeks to break down this book there's so many good nuggets in here it's only 5 chapters but maybe it's a good way that you can revisit some of those things that God has said to you maybe you maybe you mark in your Bible or you have the, the worship handouts and you have notes go back over those use these as a daily devotion for yourself the cool thing about God's word is you don't just read it once and you get everything God's word is alive and living so Sometimes you can read James 5.1 and it means this, and sometimes you can read James 5.1 and it means completely something else. Because God's Word is active in your life if you ask it to be. Throughout James, He deals with this kind of stuff. For those of you that are just joining us or got in the story a little bit late, listen to this. He deals with our faith. We went over that discussion about if you have faith the size of a Cheerio or a Hula Hoop, and some of us think, you know, I've graduated from a Cheerio, now I'm a Fruit Loop. (laughs) Good, keep going, right? Keep going. If you have faith the size of a Hula Hoop, keep going. Um, It deals with, God deals, through James, it deals with these people, and He's stretching them. Now again, stretching goes against comfort sometimes. Especially spiritually. When God wants to stretch you, it goes against you. It goes against what we want to do. uh, The book of James deals with how we should treat other people. It deals with the way that... uh, I don't even want to repeat this again to you. I don't even want to remind you that it's in there because I struggle with it. And so do you. You ready? It reminds us how we should talk to other people. Even in your head. (laughs) And they don't ever hear those words. Okay? With the way we talk with people, the way that we, we respect people, the way that we're not to judge people, how we're supposed to listen, and how if we can control our tongue, we can control our whole entire body. Man, we need to actually do the things that God has called us to do. These are difficult thoughts. And not one, I looked again. Not one time in the book of James can we find this. Not one time in the book of James does James say, nor does he quote Jesus and say, Follow Jesus and we will be happy. I've looked, people. It's not just not in James, it's not anywhere. God calls us to follow him, and he tells us, he tells us, because we see we see that Jesus talks to his disciples. Now listen, this is the inner core of his ministry. And he looks at these guys and he says, I love you very much, but here's the deal. People are going to hate you because of what you have inside you. The people had a relationship with Jesus. They had the Holy Spirit inside their lives. They were different. The world doesn't like different. We don't like different sometimes. We, because different is most of the time not our comfortable. I know. (laughs) thinking man I got up I got up and got to the nine o'clock service just to be talked to like this listen this is tough James is he does I said this a couple times James doesn't play doesn't play around at all he's a stepbrother of Christ came to faith later in life probably felt an urgency that he needed to say everything to these people that he could so he did if you have your worship handout, I want, to, I want you to check out something before we jump into the handout. If you open it all the way, Connect Groups, 6th, 13th, and 20th of August. Okay, we don't meet this week. Uh, it's, it's last Sunday uh, of the month. But 6th, the 13th, and the 20th. This is what I want you to do. If you do not attend a Connect Group, I'm not going to have you stand up. No cartwheels, nothing like that. If you don't attend a Connect Group, please, 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 join one this month. There's three weeks. And it's going to roll into our brand new study. If you're with us and, I have, and you haven't heard me explain this, don't, don't get crazy on me. But we're getting ready to go through a book and a study called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Alright, there's no tomatoes. Okay, listen. This, this, is a, this is a book that deals with doubt. Look what it says. Uh, what exactly is faith? What is repentance? What if I have doubt? Listen, there's probably not a single person in this room that has a relationship with Christ that can honestly say they never had any questions at all. No doubts whatsoever. Can God really forgive me for the things that I've done? Listen, we're going to go through this. It's going to be a great, 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 great study. If you already connect, attend a connect group, or if you can't because of your job, I want, you, I want to ask you to do something very, very special. I want you to write that down. I want you to write our connect groups down on your worship handout and make a prayer list. And I want you to pray for us every day. God is going to use this study. He's going to use this information in our teachers and the gathering of people together. And He's going to bring about life-changing people. Why? Because we're talking about God's Word here. It's changing. It's life-changing. It's life-altering. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Look at the first blank on your worship handout. I know many of us, if not all of us, if you have any type of background, if you've probably been to church a dozen times, you probably can answer this. Yeah, I know that's right. God did not call us to be comfortable. So this week, as I'm studying, I'm going to let you in on how my study went with this, this past couple of weeks. It was a joy. And that's sarcasm too. Okay? It was tough because when I study for a sermon, God deals with me before He deals with you. Before you hear it. Now some of, some of you have said, man, you just can't wait to get to church so that... All of us can get in the boat with you. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Listen, God did not call us to be comfortable. Do you know what God said to me the last couple of weeks as I was studying this? He goes, get out of your spiritual recliner, you lazy punk. I'm not joking. I, I, don't, I don't try to be lazy. But listen, we get comfortable. Really comfortable. Really, really, really comfortable. Wow, I like to go to church. I like to just do what I do. I like to go to work and come home. The first word I wrote on my notes to share with you is, God did not call us to be comfortable. Ouch! That's sharp. Because we like comfort, don't we? Think about this. You buy a mattress for your... You can get select comfort. Dial a number. Whatever that thing is. You you can get gel. You can get memory foam. You can get both. It's called a hybrid. Man, you can get a recliner, a reclinable bed. You can get... sectional with recliners. Lazy Boy makes one of the coolest things in the entire world. It looks like a couch. Oh no, it's four recliners in a row. Isn't this the greatest thing? Why? Because everything is based on us being comfortable. Now, don't go home and say, well, Matt said to throw out all the Lazy Boys. No, I didn't. Not at all. I do not want you to sleep on concrete on the floor. But listen, spiritually, we do anything that makes us comfortable. We don't allow God to stretch us. And this is hard. This is very, very hard. You know why it's hard? Some of you are going to laugh when I say this. I don't care about any of anybody's wealth. I don't care about your financial status, but I want to tell you this. I can with most assuredness tell you this. One of the main reasons that we get comfortable is every single person in this room is wealthy in worldly standards. Listen. Listen. There's food. You have you have you have clothes. You have shoes, probably. We we get stuck on this, and most of us, if we're really honest, have far beyond everything that we need. We have a lot of stuff. Look at how James starts out, chapter five, in verse one. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me there. If you if you have your your phone app, turn it on there. <sighs> James five verse one. <laughs> Can you ima- just just imagine with me just for a second because I think this is funny? Can you imagine James coming to downtown Mount Vernon, standing on the steps of the courthouse, reciting verse one and two? Look here, you rich people! People walk by. I'm, I'm not rich, moron. And just keep going. Listen, look here, you rich people. He's talking about not only wealth, he's talking about people that are comfortable. Okay? Look at what he says. He says, we've been grown with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. He is not, do not take away from this, that things or money or anything that you can acquire because of retirement is bad. I am not saying that. I like boats. I like campers. If you have either or. Call me, we can become friends, we'll exchange numbers, things like that. Listen, what he says here, look at verse 2. He says, your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. You, you, Matt, put yourself in in this time period. Imagine if a Pharisee heard this. That Pharisee, listen, in 2017, a Pharisee was dressed to the nines. Probably to the elevens if they had that. And they had all the gold and they had the sweet stuff. And I told you that if a, a Pharisee was walking around in 2017, he'd have Air Jordans. He'd probably... You can have to Google this, okay? He'd probably wear Yeezys. So you're like, what? Listen, I looked up a pair of Yeezys this week because... I just wanted to. They're made by Kanye West. Okay. So these Yeezys are supposed to be these crazy, special, comfortable shoes. And because he has his name on, they're crazy expensive. Now, th- let me tell you how crazy expensive they are. These are shoes. I wear 14 wide. I know some of you are like, wow, you have snow shoes. Yes, I do. That's why I can wear, that's why I can wear flip-flops in the snow. It, it kind of just hollows out and it presses the snow away from my foot. But listen, I got on the, I got on the website and I got 14 wide plain black Yeezys. Twenty three hundred dollars. I bought four pair. Yeah, no, I didn't. Okay. He says this he says he says your your wealth is running away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags i have no problem if you work you understand if you stand on concrete and need steel-toed boots listen i get that you have to have comfort if you're a nurse and you walk around the hospital every day or if you're getting up and down out of machinery our shoes are important but I laughed when I Googled that and I went, $2,300? i am like, holy smoke. And then the guy that was helping me look him up, he goes, you know, if you wore like an 11 or 12, they'd be like 1600 Like that matters. <laughs> and I'm like, $1,600. He's getting on to these people. He's saying, listen, he's not saying. Bad for you because you have money. He's not saying that. He's saying don't let money drive the car that you're in through this life. There's no U-hauls on the back of hearses. You've heard this. You can't take it with you. So he, he's talking to these people that are that are living next to what they would consider heathen, Gentile people. They're not Jewish. They're not chosen. They would probably use that. These are arrogant people. Has it changed since our connect group study? It took him less than forty, okay, it takes him less than thirty verses to to start complaining. When Moses goes up on top of the mountain at Mount Sinai, it takes him less than forty days to make golden stuff. Forty days! He, Moses says, I'll be back. I guess that was the original Arnold Schwarzenegger. You guys, I'll be back. So he goes back. Um, and 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 they wait and they just get impatient and they go. Let's just make some gold stuff. So they go to Aaron, they make all this gold stuff, and that's why you see. That Moses comes back down and he has a conversation with God about hey, I'm going to smoke these people. We get impatient. We get comfortable. Look at verse 3. Look at this. Gold gold and silver were huge monetary um, they just used gold and silver to pay for a lot of things. No cash. It was gold and silver. So your gold and silver are corroded. Look at that. He's talking about tainted money. If you talk about tainted money in 2017, somebody's going to jail. <laughs> your money is corroded, is what he said. He said, because your money's corroded because you're not using it correctly. And some of you are sitting there going, man, I've been in enough church services, he's getting ready to swing for the fence on tithing. No, I'm not. I could, but I'm not. Now watch. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat your flesh like fire. Doesn't that sound like a good time? Look at this. Eat away your flesh like fire. You ever got burned? This is not fun. Okay? Nobody wakes up and goes, you know what? I think I'll burn myself today. Top priority, right? When I, when I was very young, I was under seven years old, and I was in my closet in Albion. You know why I was in the closet? Because I had a lighter. Was I allowed to have a lighter? No. So I went to the, went to the closet Guess everything's legal in the closet, right? If you can make it to the closet, it's good. Yeah. No, okay. Now I'm thinking about this in the back of my head, going, I could have set my entire house on fire. So this is what I've always been a fire freak. I like fire explosions. So I got I got this lighter and I'm like, wow. That one of my parents smoked, so I wasn't around lighter very much. I'm like, this this is neat. I'm like this, this is cool. So I'm like, what can I burn? I don't want to set something on fire. I just want to melt something. (laughs) Just disturb its appearance. So I looked around and I got, this is one of the stupidest ideas I've ever had in my life. So I'm just sharing that with you. I get something I'm like, oh yeah. This was an extra. We had a whole bunch of them. And I get a black checker. Like board game checkers. And I go to my closet. Because everything's legal in my closet. And I flipped the lighter. And I'm like, wow. It was like this black smoke. That was probably the day that I got messed up. And that, and, and, I, and I burned it. And, and like the, 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 kid, the crown began to melt. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so I did it one more time. One too many. And I clean it like this. And it dropped. Do you know what melted plastic does on your skin? It keeps melting! This, I understand what it says. It will eat your flesh away like fire. I have never shaken my hand that fast. I have never ran to a faucet of water so fast. Now, I'm not supposed to have the lighter. And I'm going, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. Just put the water on it. Get the plastic off you. cannot let your mom know or you will die. I'm not joking. You can ask my sister. She's here. So I I get over there and I'm like, like it hurts this bad. You know what I mean? You ever said in the faucet it's hurt this bad? So what I had to do, I had to tell my mom. Oh, yippee. You know what my mom did? I got in trouble for the lighter. But you know what the first thing my mom did was? She took care of my hand. Consequences for the things that we do and how we stay comfortable. But when we turn and come back to God spiritually, the first thing He does is He fixes us. There are consequences for what we do. Okay? There are. I got grounded. Very much so. Or I got spanked or something. But I, I, I promise you, I was corrected. And I've never... I mean, you can look. You can still see. Not... I have yet since that day to even attempt to melt a checker with a lighter, okay? I may have thrown him into a big bonfire and stepped away, okay? But, but listen, I heard, I heard a very wise man say this. Maybe you've heard this before. Do not ever put your trust in man or money. They both can let you down or go away. Listen to that again. Do not put your trust in man or money. They both can either let you down or go away. I'm not sure. Look at the stock market crash, early 1900s. People had all this invested in. Poof, the bottom drops out. Everybody loses everything. What he's saying here, he says, "Listen, your very wealth you were counting on will eat you away, or eat away your flesh like fire. The corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment." James is talking about this when you get when you get to and. An, for a follower of Jesus, it looks different. They don't go to the white throne judgment. They go to what's called the Bema Seat, and that's very, very deep. Okay? But when we, when we answer for the stuff that we did, God is not going to care if you had three big wheels when you were 10 to 12 years old. You're a stud if you had three big wheels. But listen, th- th- this kind of stuff, it doesn't matter. If, when, we're mortal, if, when we die, even if we have a million dollars in the bank when we die, it's going to get recycled. It's going to go to different people. They're going to spend it. It's going to go to different places. It's going to go away. James is talking about the things that take God's place in our lives. Why does God deserve to be first? I'm him this. I didn't like the answer. God, why do you just have to be first? Remember that the most of the time you've ever had that conversation, you had it with a human Say God, why do you have to be first? He said, I deserve to always be first. Every time. All the time. Day or night. Because I deserve it. We should seek to serve Him first. But we say this. And I made up some excuses that are familiar with me. Maybe they'll be familiar with you. Why don't we... Excuse me. Why don't we serve God? Because we get comfortable. But watch this. I don't have time. I'm going to say this and we're going to move on. Ready? When you say I don't have time to God or to someone else, not necessarily someone else, but if, you, if, you, if God is calling you to do something and you literally say, God, I don't have time, I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you this right now. You have enough time to do anything that you want to do. You find time to do it. You say, man, i got to go to work at 8. But it's the summer and the sun's getting up really good. So I could go early. I could put the boat in right before daylight. And I could fish for about an hour and a half. Take the boat out. If I don't hit a train, I'll be at to work on time. I like that math. It makes sense. I like to fish. See, we have time for the things that we want to do. We do. Don't get me wrong. Don't say, well, Matt's... Mass said we can never go on vacation again. I did not say that. I never said that. Listen, when we say this, I don't need to go, need, watch that word when you talk with God. I don't need to go to church regularly. I don't need to go to Connect Group, Matt. Will you quit talking about Connect Group? Will you quit talking about this new study? It means nothing to me. I don't have to. But what about the Scripture where Jesus says, do not neglect the meeting together? How do you get recharged? How do you get interactive with people how do you love i got to share about connection church last night over in Albion. and i went to this is my redneck side so i did i did work i did work way ahead of time so i could enjoy yesterday evening you know what i did demolition derby <laughs> nobody likes demo derbies you are crazy they take cars and just beat this not how can this not be fun and I went over there, and as I was leaving, I walked by this, I walked by this stand, and they said, they said, sweet tea, we're running a special, you can get a big sweet tea, it's a fruit sweet tea for two bucks. That's a pretty good price, I'm thinking, yeah, i got to drive home, it'd be a good idea. I turned around and I walked up, first shirt I see, this lady designs their, her own shirt that says, sweet tea and Jesus. Wow. Two of my favorite things in the world. And I was talking to her and I, I drank this tea and, and I, I hung out with him, and I got to share. They live close to here. But they move from another town down here, close to here. And they're going back and forth to church. And she said, we just can't find any church around here that is what we want. And I said, what do you want? What are you looking for? She goes... Now, think, I'm trying to keep a straight face. And she goes, I just want to go to a church where people are real. Okay, I might know a place. And then she says, I want to go to a church that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you wear. And I'm thinking, insert, I preach in shorts, here. And I'm not trying to just grab these people from another church. If God calls them to go there, He calls them to go there. I'm just telling you, I got to share with them about how awesome the congregation is at our church. And I said, "If you want to see the attractional side, you want to come to Sunday morning. If you want to see the heartbeat of our church, go to connect group. We live life together i 've cried with people i 've laughed with people i 've made jokes with people. people have made jokes about me it 's okay. I love them right? But we make these excuses. Look at the next blank on your on your worship handout. It does not get any easier. One of the people in our technology department that I send out my slides to sent me a Snapchat this week, and they said, "Are these really this is not exactly what they said, but they said, "Are these really the slides for Sunday Because these look sharp. yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are look at this. look at this. this is sharp. What is it that you serve?" Sunday school answer is this Jesus, God's will, the Holy Spirit's guiding. I didn't ask for the right answer, I asked for what your answer is. Matt, what is it that you serve? I like to be selfish with my time. Maybe you do. Maybe you like maybe 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 you serve work and success or gold or stuff or maybe you have the world's largest collection of wheat pennies i don't know but what do you what do you serve what do you do you serve other people or do we serve ourselves i think if i can erase one thing from my life and from this world i think i would erase pride because this would be a lot easier if we didn't have to deal with our own pride what is it that you serve how close is this word to servant? Listen to this. Serve and servant. You're a servant to the thing that you serve. Wow. Well, when you put it in that context, I don't really feel real great about That. I'm not getting on stuff. Don't hear me. Don't go home and don't blow up on social media. Well, don't come to Connection anymore. Matt says you can't have a boat or a camper or anything. No, I didn't. I did not say that. I will refer you to this sermon that's on our website that I did not say that. But we can get very comfortable and we can serve things. We can serve ourselves. We get completely caught up with ourselves and our stuff. I wrote this question as I studied this week that I wanted to share with you. What in the world is more important than serving God? (laughs) I love to play golf. I like to play softball. I like to fish. I love to hunt. What is more important than serving God? I came up with this answer. You ready? Nothing. Nothing. That's not the church answer, that's the correct answer. Nothing is more important. Maybe you do have a problem with serving your own pride and selfishness. Maybe maybe no one can speak into your life and correct you. Maybe God can't even do that. Listen, I'm going to tell you real quick. I have been down that road and get off of it now. He will get your attention, I promise you. If you want to hear God laugh, just tell Him your plans. Listen... Are we going to be a people that's going to follow what God has for us? Or are we going to be a people that are stuck so much on ourselves and saying, you know what, God? You can follow what I want to do. I can give you some stories in the Old Testament how that did not work out. See, what is it that you serve? We can't be be spoken to. We can't be corrected. We know everything. Look at verse 4. He he keeps swinging, folks. Look at verse 4. For listen... Hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. This would have been a common practice. Anybody that owns stuff and if they could get away with it, they would cheat them out of their pay that they earned. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. What he's saying here is he, remember he goes through a whole book and he says, don't judge people and treat people like you you want it to be treated. Why in the world do you think you can get away with this? God knows exactly what you're doing. Now we think, well since I don't own a farm and nobody works for me this is kind of irrelevant this is compl- that's completely wrong okay we can cheat people in this life not okay not okay we can treat people unfairly simply because of the way that we want to or choose remember back in chapter 4 he says don't judge other people love them above everything love them Look at verse 5. He says this. You've spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. Listen, we live in the Midwest. Regardless if you eat meat, you know this process. You get a young a young steer that you're gonna feed out. <laughs> it's kept in pretty tight containment. It has a pretty lovely life. Corn fresh alfalfa, lots of water, and one day, something happens and he's turned into ribeye steaks. Okay? Don't need to go into that. But there's not, a, there's not very many days of that animal's life that aren't spent carefree. Because it deals with the tenderness of the meat. And he and and wanted to. So what, the, what James is saying here, he says, you've spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire you fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. If there's anything easy, you go that way. Path of least resistance. You have to watch out for this because Jesus tells a story of the rich young ruler that comes to him. He says, Jesus, I want to follow you. Young guy, exceedingly wealthy with money. He says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus looks at him. And he says, go home, sell everything you have, and come back and follow me. And give it to the poor, and come back and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad because he couldn't do it. And then Jesus says this crazy metaphor that doesn't even make sense. That a camel... It's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because a rich person has fattened themselves. Listen... I'm not, I'm not saying if you have money, this is bad. What I'm saying is if that's your desire, if, that, if that's what you serve, you can't get rid of it. He says you fattened yourself. Look at verse 6. How about that? There you go. You've condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Hey... Poor people in this time, if 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 they were a landowner, listen, these people would have been wealthy people where they went to, where they were spread out of Jerusalem to. They went to the the suburbs, they went to the country, everything's cheaper. They had servants. And this is what he said. He said, You wicked people, if your servants can't pay you or somebody owes you money, do you know do you know how they got their money? They sold their family members. You wicked people. You've condemned and killed innocent people. Just because you can. They didn't operate with mercy. Hmm. Didn't treat people fairly. In verse 7, you're going to notice something. And you, and you have a different uh, probably, uh, topic heading in that. James switches gears right here, but it makes sense. Watch this. James goes into... Talking about the return of the Messiah. But watch how He does it, because the first six verses flow right into this. How you should act. Listen, we don't know when Christ is coming back. These people thought Jesus was going to come back in two weeks. They really did. They really did. I think that's why some, sometimes it's really difficult to blame those Jewish people, because I'm thinking, man, I am so spastic with sitting still. That if Moses said he was going to be gone for a little while, and he, then he was going to come back. And they got to, I don't know, the fourth or fifth hour. <laughs> he really meant 40 days. And I was like, dude, this guy is not coming back. Let's do something else. I, it's hard for me to blame him because we would all be the same way. We can't look on the out from the outside and look in and say, man, you guys are idiots. I say, if you put yourself there. But James switches gears and he says, listen, you have to focus... And do what you're supposed to do because Jesus is coming back. Who would know this more than him? It's, he's the half brother of Christ. Comes to faith later in life, has an absolute knowledge of who this is. And look at your look at your worship handout. Watch. Look at this. Look at the next blank. As followers of Jesus, we are to anticipate His return. Until then, we must be faithful to do the work. One of the coolest examples of this I have ever seen in my life was when my grandfather Jim passed away. He was a church planner, by the way. He was a church planner after the age of 60. Don't ever think God is done with you. He started planning a church after the age of 60. He was on the radio a week or two before he passed away and he said this, It's my hope that if God comes back for me, or it's my time to go, that I, be, that I might just be, this might be my last work, and that God find me just faithful doing His work here. It's on a recording that I have. It's one of the most special things that I have in my, in, in my whole entire collection of stuff. He comes home from the radio a couple weeks later. My grandpa had red hair. A real big head full of it. It wasn't even gray. I don't know what happened. Anyway didn't get that gene for me. And and anyway, he he sat down. My grandma was going to cut his hair. She walks around the corner. She gets the clippers, walks back. And my grandfather's heart exploded. There was no way that she could bring him back. 64 years old. Finished roofing his house the day before he died. My grandfather anticipated it. God, what can I do for you today? Whenever you come, I want you to find me. And I want you to find me faithfully doing what you have called me to do. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't get comfortable. Don't get don't drive down the spiritual through the spiritual pasture in your truck and go, eh, it's a big mud hole, and don't shift it into four-wheel drive. God says, Shift it into four-wheel drive, you better, or you're gonna get stuck. Listen, he he goes on, he says, I want you to anticipate. Do the work. We have work to do as a church. July, August, September, October turn 10 years old in two and a half months by the way if you do not think there's going to be a celebration you're crazy we're going to have a party okay And it's not going to be wow, the connection you guys do so much cool stuff you know what we're going to do we're going to make as much excitement as we can see to get as many people on here that don't know jesus and we're going to tell them who he is that's i can tell you the title you ready where are we going from here it's not, hey, look at our past. Yes, we'll see cool videos. Yes, it'll be a good day to remember some stuff. And yes, we're going to dunk people. What a cool celebration of 10 years, huh? It'll be awesome. But it's not going to be, wow, look at what we've done. It's, God, where do we go? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. Where we go already right now, that's a scary prayer. God has God given me some, some stuff about where we should go as a church. And it scares me. You know why? Cuz I can't do it. That's what makes a scary prayer. I want I want people to see me or see people of this church where in one of these churches and goes, "You know what? They go to a church where Jesus Christ is their hero." I'm I'm being very serious. We have to rely on him to do what God has called us to do. So I ask you a question. You don't have to answer out loud. If it meant doing Anything that God has called you to do. Are you with me to do it? Oh, it was comfortable until I asked that question, wasn't it? I can't do it by myself. I can't do it with the lead team. I can't do it with my lead team and my teachers. I can't do it with people that have, always, that have ever been on the lead team or the people that are in charge of security. I, can't, I need everyone. God needs everyone. We should anticipate Look at verse 7. Look how he goes. He says, dear brothers and sisters. Oh, he switches gear on Really? Doesn't he? He goes, listen. It starts off, you wicked, stupid people. And then he says, dear brothers and sisters. It's like your mom that's crazy mad at you. She answers the phone. Hello? Right? You, you all know the story. So, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. There has been groundwork. There has been groundwork that you cannot possibly imagine behind the scenes. You cannot possibly imagine what God is doing in our church behind the scenes. There has been dirt, spiritual dirt, that has been turned over. It has been round up and knocked all the weeds out. It's been turned over. There's people that are coming along spiritually and putting the dry fertilizer on and putting all the different stuff on. And we have planted the crop and now we are waiting for the rain. And we have to be patient. Are you kidding me? Isn't this isn't this the hard way that God works? We are allowed to do and do and do and do and do, and then He says, "This, hurry up and wait on me." Oh man, right? It's like catfishing. I love catfishing when they bite. My dad could sit there all day, watch his pole, and do this. Dad, I cannot handle this. We have to goose, We have to do something. I can't. But God says, "I want you to eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen." Look, at, He goes on. Oh boy, look at this verse. Look at verse 8. Look at this. Yes! Uh, Some of us wake up in the morning and you do not pray for patience because you know what happens when you pray for patience, right? Trains. (laughs) So You too must be patient. But he says, take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. This is roughly 1980 some years Old. Hurry up and wait. The coming of the Lord is near. The Bible says the father knows. The son doesn't even know when he's going to come back. But literally, just like the disciples and other people, they thought Jesus was going to come back in a couple weeks. It's almost 2,000 years old. And we still wait. And you can look at end prophecies and you can look at our world and listen. I can promise you something about our world and end prophecies that's true. Are you ready for this? Closer that we get to the day of Jesus coming back, this world is not going to get any better. And I don't want that to be gloomy for you. Every day it gets a little bit worse. It's been doing it for 2,000 years. Every day, every day something else, every day something else. And you can see the, the crazy stuff that they put in people's hands, right? You can see all all these signs that that people want to just Hollywoodize, but listen, it's not going to get any better. So why doesn't that empower us or fill up our spiritual gas tank and say, we got to go now. And we got to go in a hurry. And we got to go with insistence. And we have to go on purpose and intentionality. And then he says this, don't grumble about each other. Brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. As a, as a volleyball coach, do you know who I really... Because volleyball here, they're in a bigger town you have men's, but here around here you only have women's. Do you know what teams I love to coach against? I really like to watch the other team warming up, and there were two girls getting sassy with each other. Do you know why? Arguments and grumbling is a cancer to a team. So you know what I did? I'd get my girls, stand behind the line, my high school girls. And that girl would be coming on the floor and there's different positions. And I'd hold up my clipboard and I'd do this. And I'd show her number two and that was her position. They're like, why do you want me to serve to her? I said, she's not okay right here, right now. Mess with her. You know what happens? She gets flustered. She gets crazy. She gets mad. I love to... Do you not think Satan... Wants to fight against a team of Christians that wants to fight with each other. That would be his pick of the litter. He says this Don't grumble or you'll be judged. Yikes. The judge is standing at the door, he's waiting. Look at verse 10. James right here is saying, he said, don't waste your time doing things that don't matter. Look at, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Jeremiah, Elijah, all these big name guys. Jonah. We give, we give great honor to those who endure suffering. And here's the top man of the list. For instance, you know about Job. Of course you know about Job. If you, you don't even have to go to church if you 're in a secular situation and you 're very, very patient, and somebody comes up to you and they says, "You have the patience of He yes of course, you know who that is. a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy We have to wait, we have to do when God says, "Do, and we have to be patient." And we have to endure. I love that scripture. His love endures forever. Forever. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Hey, sorry Matt. Uh, My love did not endure today. I'm sorry I can't love you. No, he says, even in the gutter of your life, my love endures for you. I love you. Period. Some of you need to hear that this morning. I love you. God loves you. Listen, God loves you exactly where you are right now. I don't care what you're battling with. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. But here's the deal. God loves you too much to leave you there. He loves you exactly where you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. If there's something going on in your life that is not okay with God, fix it. Fix it. Don't wait. Be urgent to do so. Many of us can look back in our life and say, man, this time in my life was really difficult. I really struggled. But I knew God was with me. One of the the coolest stories I've ever heard about this is a person in connection that was going through a really rough time and they explained to me and some other people and she said, I looked at God's Word. And I looked at the promises that He gave us. And I kept reminding myself. Watch this. I kept reminding myself of what was true. What was true. God loves me. God will never forsake me. He sent His Son to die for me. I have hope in eternity in heaven because I have a relationship with Him. Listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's worth it. as a private story. I wish I could tell you, but I can tell you kind of the gist of it. Guess, guess who showed up? She kept reminding herself of truth as she was going through very difficult times, hearing words from people that maybe she didn't want to hear. Do you know what happened? Knock, knock, answer the door. Guess who it is? God. And He showed up in a huge way. And He helped with her and the situation and their family. Listen, because... She relied on what was true. She didn't let the world say, oh yeah, they can toss you, can't they? Did you hear anything that wasn't of God this week? We don't need to go into that. It's everywhere. We have to choose. Look at verse 12. We're going to finish with the scripture. Look at this. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Never take an oath. This is what James is saying here. We're to be honest. And I I think that we've lost this, and it's it's a shame that we've lost this. But I remember my grandfather doing deals that involved money, but there was no money exchanged hands, but he shook somebody's hand, and that meant, yeah, I want to pay you whenever I get it. (laughs) Try that on a home loan. go to Peoples or, or First Bank or somewhere around town and just walk in and say, I would, like a, I would like a loan for this house that we're going to do and I'd like to shake your hand and I'll pay you. Don't sign anything. Just shake their hand. See what they say. Folks, you're not going to get a home loan. And I get why they do that. But listen, James is saying, listen, we need to be a people that are looked at from the outside and say, you know what? They're a trustworthy person. They shoot straight. They do what they're, They do what God is asking them to do. To do what God wants, He requires us to do something, and this is very scary sometimes. But we have to take an inventory of ourselves. Before we go out and go, you and you and you and you and you, I'm all better than all of you. I saw something very young, maybe you were too. When you point at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. Understand where you are with God before we even talk about other people. Jesus said, How are you going to condemn somebody about a splinter when you have a plank in your eye? just be honest that's what God is saying look at this last blank in your worship handout it doesn't get any easier does it what does God want you to work on this is not a public thing if you have your worship handout and you write something down don't leave it in your chair I don't want anybody to see this, but I want you to think about this this week. What what does God want you to work on? Maybe there's a habit. Maybe there's a hang-up. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there is you don't talk well with your boss. You're very sarcastic with whoever you come in contact with. Maybe you're mean. Maybe you're just mean. Work on it! (laughs) Maybe you don't experience the happiness or the joy that God wants you to. Work on it! What does God want you to work on in your life? Many of us have something that probably hasn't changed in the last 10 years, right here. What does God want you to work on? Very hard. Very difficult. Listen, we're getting to where I, th- I thought, I, I thought. I'd get to the last chapter of James and go, "All right, sweet. Let's just take a break. You know what James does to get out of verse, to get out of chapter five? If he's driving a spiritual vehicle, he hammers the pedal on the right. Shoo! Get ready. Guys, what are we doing? What does God want you to work on? Read your, read James this week and next week. Pray about a time that you can get to Connect Group. Listen, I'm not saying this because you, need, you don't, I don't want everybody to show up to mine. There's, we have great teachers here. We have child care in almost all of them. If you want to know which ones have child care, come and talk to me. And we'll put it in next week's uh, worship handout. You do not want to miss Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Those books are going to be on sale in the lobby. And within the next couple weeks, they're going to be $5 a piece. That's it. $5. You come to me and say, Matt, I don't have 5 bucks." This is how mean we are at Connection. We're going to give you one. That's how mean we are. If you don't have it, fine. I get it. There's a time in my life where five bucks was a big deal. I get it. Take one. And some of you may say this. Five bucks really isn't a big deal. Take ten and I'll take a book. You can cover someone else. Fine. Whatever. We're, we're, this this fine. We're going to sell these books in the lobby for five bucks a piece. And we're going to begin reading them. We're going to be going through them uh, daily, connect groups, and on Sundays. This is going to be a huge push because God wants you to know and he says this. What do you want to work on what does God want you to work on in your life? Chances are God wants you to work on something in your life so that he can take you a different place. He can stretch you more, right? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for the the words of the song that there are, there's power in the name of Jesus. God, in a room this big with these people, God, with this group this size, there's, there's got to be stuff going on in there in my life right now that needs your attention, needs your help, and needs to be turned over to you. God, I just ask that we seriously hear what James is saying here. And that God, we have to get on the same team. We have to get ready to pray scary prayers and go to where you've called us to go with complete intention. God, thank you for our workers today. Thank you for the people that keep us safe. Thank you for the people that, uh, that cook the popcorn and brew the coffee. Thank you for the people that serve with our children and clean the bathrooms and the floors and greeted people and cleaned in here. Wipe the windows down. God, thank you for the people that make connection what connection is. And God, I'm so thankful for a conversation over sweet tea. God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing here. May we keep praying scary prayers and go to those scary places that You call us that we can't go on our own. In Your name we pray. Amen.